0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 9. This beautiful hymn of praise sung by the Jewish people in their newly rebuilt Jerusalem. Zerubbabel has rebuilt the temple in the beginning of the book of Ezra. Ezra himself, the author of this book, Nehemiah, drawing from Nehemiah's memoirs, has reestablished covenant fellowship around the Torah. And now Nehemiah has overseen the reconstruction of the wall around Jerusalem. And now, having fasted and prayed, they are worshiping. The opening of their song is purely doxological. Then they remember the covenant that God made through Abraham, their progenitor and forefather. And now they're going to recount the years of oppression. This is verse 9 of chapter 9. You saw the oppression, as they sing out to God, of our ancestors in Egypt, and heard their cry at the Red Sea. You performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, all his officials, and all the people of his land. For you knew how arrogantly they treated our ancestors. You made a name for yourself that endures to this day. You divided the sea before them, and they crossed through it on dry ground. You hurled their pursuers into the depths like a stone into raging water. They are recounting now, they are remembering now, how God had miraculously delivered their ancestors through Egypt itself and then even Pharaoh's pursuit of them. What's so refreshing about that, is that even the original generation of Israelites who experienced that firsthand would go on to betray God in the Exodus. They would build, they would like fashion for themselves this golden calf and give the calf credit for delivering them. But this generation of Israelites recounts the stories and gets it right. This generation of Israelites gives glory to God. It's always been confounding to read the Exodus story and see how the israelites were first-hand witnesses to what i believe are the most amazing speaking strictly physiologically miracles that god has performed so far now granted the resurrection of christ that's the miracle of all miracles that's it okay and that, that he would resurrect all of us and redeem Fallen creation to himself and we'd exist in perfection for eternity forevermore. That's the ultimate miracle of all miracles. It's yet to happen. I'm talking about strictly in terms of the laws of physics on on this earth and how God has exercised his prerogative as the author of those laws to break those laws. That's it, man. The miracles of the Exodus are so epic and grand in their scale that it is hard to calculate. And these Israelites saw all of them. They saw the Red Sea miraculously parted. They saw the plague of frogs, the plague of locusts, the plague of darkness, the plague of blood. Like they saw all of it and they walked through the miraculously parted Red Sea and then went on to betray God. It's just confounding to me. And I think it's because they'd become accustomed to them. They'd felt entitled to them. They had been miraculously fed by God's own hand in the Exodus. And then for that reason, because of their because of their unfaithfulness to God, that whole generation would pass away with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. They would be the ones who would lead the next generation of Israelites to take the land of Canaan. But from the Exodus miracle, what remained was the testimony. The people had passed away. And now you've got some of their great, great, great whatever grandkids recounting the story and looking back and seeing the hand of God upon their ancestors and giving him praise for what their ancestors took for granted. You saw the oppression of our ancestors in Egypt and heard their cry at the Red Sea. That was a moment of incredible desperation. Is anybody at that moment right now? Where you just, God has delivered you, delivered you, delivered you, but now it looks like he's not gonna deliver you again. You're at the edge of the Red Sea, enemies are closing in. And you're crying out to God, like, God, why would you deliver me over and over again, only not to deliver me now? Why would you bring out these miraculous plagues, only let me just die right here at the edge of the Red Sea? What's the point? What was the point of delivering me? What's the point of me being here? God, please have mercy on this sinner and deliver me once more. That cry at the bank of the Red Sea is the cry of somebody who's been delivered by God before. But it looks like you're all out of, all out of grace That's a unique prayer. Is anybody there right now? God performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh. Uh, We've talked about this as well. God did harden Pharaoh's heart in some of the plagues. The majority of the plagues, Pharaoh's heart was already hardened of his own volition, but it's God's prerogative to harden Pharaoh's heart. And God did this against Pharaoh. And the purpose was to bring Israel out. The purpose of these miracles that were performed against Pharaoh, the signs and wonders that were all against Pharaoh, was to demonstrate the impotence of the Egyptian pantheon, and then create for himself this nation. They were vessels of wrath. Pharaoh and the the chariots that were chasing the Israelites; they, these were all vessels of wrath. It was God's prerogative to do that. Out of the same lump of clay, He would make two different vessels for different, one for common use and one for noble purposes and the Israelites were created for this purpose god has the right to harden whom he wants to harden and he hardened pharaoh see romans chapter 9 and the purpose in all of this was to bring was to make for himself god's covenant people and now generations later god's covenant people are thanking god for what he did even if his even if those same ancestors would later on go on to worship a golden calf of their own creation God knew how arrogantly their ancestors had been treated. And so God made a name for himself that endures, they said, to this day. What's so cool about that is that now it's 2022 and that name still endures to this day. We still talk about it. I'm talking about it right now. It's still true what they said about God and how he made a name for himself through all of that is true right now. You divided the sea before them and they crossed through it on dry ground. God was caring for this people. They went from the edge of the Red Sea to experiencing the miraculous favor of God and then their pursuers were hurled into the depths like stone into raging water. This history was all in Nehemiah's heart and mind as he was being pursued by Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem, these enemies that were at his heels the entire way. It's not the first time the people of God have been pursued by others who didn't want to see the Jewish nation prosper. This was God's, this, this these are God's people and they have been pursued and their pursuers have been thrown into the depths like stones into the raging water over and over again it was the case in Nehemiah as well. So God makes a name for himself. It's all for the glory of God. The ultimate purpose of it is God's glorification. I keep coming back to Romans chapters 9, 10 and then 11 where we see God choose Israel for his own glory and the, the result is glory to God. One of the most incredible doxologies in all of Scripture takes place in Romans chapter 11, where we have the chosen vine of Israel and then the engrafted branches of the Gentile nations. And how unsearchable are God's ways? Like, how above all else is God? Like, how, how inscrutable is God in all of His ways? It's, it's this beautiful, beautiful doxology regarding God and how salvation works and what a mystery it is to us but how it ultimately all results in glory to god that was the case that's the case in in grafting the gentile nations into this salvation that's the result in god delivering his people from oppression in egypt god made a name for himself and that name endures to this day wrote Nehemiah and proclaimed the Israelites that's something that I proclaim as well God has made a name for himself and that name is great as the as the chorus began it is to be praised from everlasting past to everlasting future when we build a church we're stepping into this legacy something that wherein God is going to make a name for himself and it's worthy of praise from generation to generation despite the failures of past generations, God's going to make a name for himself. Despite our own shortcomings, God's going to make a name for himself through us. God did this through the ancient Exodus Israelites. May he do it through the Redemption Church and the Revival Project. Amen.